Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody. I do believe it's time for uh, the Cowboy Walk and Talk here. We'll go ahead and check it. You got go. me? You... I got you. You got me? All right. I am. I'm, uh, I'm over here hanging out with the Bill Snyder statue. Very yeah, I nice. Just, as I just you enter. past him. Yeah. Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Uh, all right. We'll go ahead and give this the official intro to get this started. Hello and welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State podcast slash Twitter spaces. This is the postgame edition, of course, coming to you from Manhattan, Kansas, following Oklahoma State's 48 to nothing loss at Kansas State up here in Manhattan. A lot to get to, Jacob. But I, I think I think we have to start with the, uh, the the most important revelation that came out of postgame talks with uh, with Mike Gundy and the players. Gundy is panicking uh, or or panicked, I think, a little bit about the injury status of this team. Backed off practice. Uh, sounds like they had very little to no uh, ones on ones action in practice. Very little. Um, uh, physicality or limited physicality. I don't know how much he would, he didn't want to go into details about what all they had actually changed, uh, but they backed off physicality in practice. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's hard to look back on it, not know, not knowing it at the time, but knowing it now looking back at the game, it's easy to see where that really impacted this team today. Yeah. They, they just got beat everywhere on the field today. Um, right. There was, there was, there's no other way to put it. They just got smacked around. And it doesn't usually happen to this OSU team. And here's the thing. I don't, I don't fault Gundy for doing what he did. I mean, I, I fault, right. it backfired tremendously oh, yeah. in his eyes. But do you blame him for trying to go a little easy when they're so beat up like they are? I mean, no, it's, what do you do in it's that situation? Complete, it's, it's completely natural to feel that way, especially with the way the injuries have really mounted over the last two weeks, going back to you know Spencer Sanders and his shoulder issues before TCU. Obviously, uh, you know, Sanders did not practice that week leading up to that game, and they come out with the, with a loss. Um, the injuries since then have have just continued to spiral. From Preston Wilson and Hunter Woodard on the offensive line, Dominic Richardson at running back was out today. Um, you got Braden Johnson and Jaden Bray haven't played in a, a couple of weeks each, and guys on defense, Jason Taylor, doesn't uh, do, isn't isn't fully himself today. I, I think he was still dealing with some stuff. Might have even added another injury uh, to an arm or wrist mm-hmm. during the game today or on an early tackle that limited his his availability. Didn't play at all in the second half. Uh, Preston Wilson finally comes back after missing two and a half games. He gets hurt in the fourth quarter. Tom Hutton got hurt. I mean, how bad does this? How bad yeah. is, does, are things going to get when your punter gets hurt trying to make a tackle in a? Uh, well, I guess it was forty-one nothing at the time, maybe uh, a forty-one nothing game in the uh, in the fourth quarter. It's and, and, and I said this half jokingly. It's it's serious that Tom Hutton got hurt, but half jokingly, he's thirty-two. I'm thirty-six. <laughs> you're older than me. 
it, we don't heal as fast now. So I'm a little concerned. It's... So I'm still I'm still sore right now from just walking up the stairs from the field after the game. <laughs> yeah. So that was I don't want to know what it feels uh, like. I don't want to know what it feels like to be to be Tom Hutton trying to make a, a tackle on a no. a 21 year old football player. And so. he's in much better shape than we are. So no, absolutely. You know, I just it's it's I, you know, I wonder, and I'd have to go back and look, but I know they had all kinds of injuries with wide receivers last year and they kind of had to change how they practice then too, but I don't think they ever lost that physicality. Um, right. Which right. is the biggest issue here. Um, and, you know, I think, I think Gundy learned a lesson today that he's not going to ease up on that necessarily as much. Um, right. But man, I still go back to, I just, I can't blame them. They're so beat up. <laughs> yeah. The list, you rattled off all those injuries. It's just insane. And, and then they screwed around. And then they went and Spencer Sanders got hurt to do today. Right, right. Which exactly. is not good. Um, because, I mean, Gunnar Gunny came in there and played the last couple series. Did not look necessarily ready to be thrown out against a Kansas State type defense, even in a 48 nothing game. Um, right. You know, and that's problematic if you lose Spencer. So there's a lot that really went wrong today. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, so so everything we've talked about shapes the the situation that Oklahoma State was in today, uh, whether it was dealing with the injuries or uh, trying to overcome the lack of physicality and practice throughout the week. That said, the two areas that we discussed on Tuesday in our uh, our last podcast, there were going to be issues were huge issues, stopping the run and running the football. Yeah, and obviously physicality plays a big part in both of those, and and they were not prepared to do either of those today. No, I mean I don't remember the exact rushing total. They had what fifty four yards rushing the ball, and that's just not going to get it done against Kansas State, particularly. And and twenty two of that came on a Gunner Gundy scramble yes. uh, with what four minutes left in the in the game uh, when everything was breaking down. So yeah, so that's. Uh, that's terrible. And I know Don Richardson wasn't playing, but I just – that's a huge concern. Hunter Woodard was out, you know, and he's obviously I think, their most reliable run blocker right now. But right. that's just a massive, massive issue. They've got to get figured out. Because like Mike's pointed out, you know, last year Daniel Warren made the offensive line look good a lot of times. They don't have that guy right, right now that can make no. the offensive line look good. They don't have a Deuce Vaughn. Kansas State blocked really well. They blocked tremendously well for Deuce Vaughn today. But they didn't necessarily have to all the time because it's Deuce Vaughn. So right, exactly. That's problematic for OSU right now. And then I just I can't diagnose the run problems defensively. This is a team that's been very good against the run with this defense they have. And I know right. Brandon Evers is out for the season. Um, you're dealing with things like that. But for them to give up this kind of yardage – in the last three games, I mean, the last three teams they've played now have averaged over five yards, five yards or more on the ground against them. Right. And they, per carry. They, and, they, and they hadn't done that since, what, what 2020 in a yeah. single game? Yeah. Like, no team, no team last year had this kind of success. And you got to go, go back to uh, the mid, mid-season 2020 to find teams that, that have done this to them. And now it's happened three weeks in a row. And, yes, they're good running backs. Kendry Miller at TCU is solid. Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson at Texas are obviously very good, and Deuce Vaughn is is just otherworldly. That dude's that dude's incredible. 
but they faced these guys last year too and yes. didn't give up this kind of this kind of yardage. And Deuce, Deuce Vaughn the, killed him in the passing game last year, not the run game. Right, right, exactly. The 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 defensive front as as a whole is is starting to become more concerning. I, I know they've got good stats over the course of the season, uh, but you talked to Tyler Lacey, I know, about the absence of pass rush. Uh, not just today. It's been, it, what, what was it, two sacks in the last three games now? Yeah. Didn't get a sack at all today. They had one sack against Texas, one sack against TCU. And and didn't feel like they were pressuring Will Howard all that much either. No. And, and Lacey said he's not concerned yet because they felt like they got some pressure on him, which – you know, he flushed out and he, he made plays on the run. Um, I give him, you know, give him that. But it just you never felt like he was. they were close to a sack on him. The one time no. I think they were close to a sack on him was when Brock Martin got knocked down and almost tripped him. Right. Yeah. Inadvertently. And that was the closest that I felt like they got to him on a sack. And, and Tyler said, you know, a lot of it's the quarterbacks are adjusting and getting the ball, getting rid of the ball a lot faster. And he even pointed out that on film, these guys aren't throwing the ball this fast, but they're adjusting to OSU's talent and throw the right. ball faster than they've prepared for. And so I don't right. know how you fix that. Um, right. <laughs> you've got to because because it becomes an issue. Then do you stick to rushing three or four all the time and, and drop more guys into coverage and, and really take the teeth out of your pass rush? At the same time, your, your secondary is, uh, is dealing with health issues mm-hmm. and they're dealing with guys playing different positions. And, and, you know, because, I mean, Sean Michael Flanagan moved over into to Taylor's spot for a while before Lyric Rawls came in and, and took over that spot in the second half. Last week, you had Jabbar Muhammad move from quarter to corner to safety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, different things that they're dealing with on, in, in that secondary that are making things really difficult for them. And they're, they're, they're getting beat way too much. The big plays, big plays are, are really probably the, uh, uh, the, the most surprising thing yeah. to me when you talk about this defense. Um, I think, what was it, seven touchdowns? It might, might end up being – it might be up to eight now. I can't remember when, I, when it was I looked up. Seven touchdowns yeah. of over 30 yards in the last two games. That's a, uh, that is a crippling number. Yeah, it's It's crushing. so hard to overcome. It's so hard to overcome that, that level of, uh, of, of impact from big plays. It's, yeah. it's a really, really putting yourself – in a difficult situation, you know, and I think, and I think Tyler Lacey said something that really caught my attention later because um, I caught him at the very tail end of his availability um, about the run game. Is they ran the he said they ran the ball at him one time all night, right? So Kansas State, and I'm sure other teams doing this too. They're avoiding guys like Tyler Lacey in the run game. Let you know they're they're looking for other holes because Tyler Lacey right. is not going to let Deuce Vaughn get away. So. They're finding ways to adjust. So OSU's got to figure out a way to adjust their their run defense because what they're doing right now is just not working. No, no, it's not. Uh, I you know going back to early in this game and and this is unrelated to what we've been talking about, but there were two, uh, I say three three critical plays early th- by receivers that I thought really completely changed the tone of the game because. After Kansas State got that 14-0 lead, or even before that when it was just 7-0, the Oklahoma State offense felt like it was in position to kind of get some things going a couple mm-hmm. of different times. They have a third down and eight. Stephon Johnson Jr. coming across the middle. Ball hits him right in the hands and, and squirts right through. They end on, up failing on fourth down. That was a great throw down. by Spencer, too. 
It was. It was. He he waited for the exact right moment and knew exactly when Johnson was going to be coming open in the middle of the field and and hit him right right in the hands. Didn't work out. Uh, that was uh, that was on OSU's first possession. They end up failing on fourth down there at midfield. Two plays later, Deuce Bond's in the end zone from 62 yards away. Mm-hmm. Then uh, a couple series later, Brendan Presley has the fumble. That was the deepest Oklahoma State got in Kansas State territory all day long. Uh, out of out of all the crazy stats that you can talk about from this game, the the fact that number one they only got inside the twenty one time, and that was on a catch and run where they end up fumbling the ball. Number two, they never snapped the ball deeper than the thirty two yard line on Kansas State's end of the field. That's remarkable. It's an it's an insane number for a team that averaged forty four game forty four points a game coming into the day. Right. Exactly. I, to 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 go that flat from what they've been, you know, some of the defensive struggles we've been we've been witnessing pieces of here and there. You know, some some flashes of coverage mistakes, some flashes of difficulty against good running backs. To go from 44 points a game to getting shut out against a team that's this solid on defense, not great. They're middle of the pack nationally in in yardage allowed, top twenty five in points. But at the same time, they're still giving up twenty a game. Um, it's not like they're going around pitching shutouts, you know, every other week. So to to get that demoralized on the offensive side is that's a that's a scary thing because this team's got to find a way health wise to bounce back physicality wise to bounce back and then just mentally yeah. to bounce back and, and be able to go on the road, come back up here next week to Lawrence and go play a, a decent Kansas team, a better than expected Kansas. That's team. coming off a bye week. Exactly. And I think James yeah. Daniels might be in play, right? So good chance that, that he's back on the field. You know, that, that was my next question for you. Scott, was how does this team recover? Right. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that in talking to some of the guys after the game, Brennan Presley, uh, John Paul Richardson, Casey Dunn, you talk to them about, about those type of things, and you hear them saying the right things about, about um, you know, leadership and focus and, and those type of things. But, man, these guys have never felt anything this significant before. This is the first time, I mean, Tyler Lacey's a, a fifth-year senior, he pointed out he's never in his career, and I think he was talking about high school too, never felt this way after a loss. He's never had a loss this significant before. And so there's a lot of guys that are going to have to figure out, leaders too, how to respond to this. And that, I, that I think, is the biggest next step for getting ready to go play Kansas week from now. All right, man. I think uh, we've arrived at the car here, so I think it's time to wrap up the Cowboy Walk and Talk with uh, my favorite segment of the week, the most important thing I forgot. Ooh, the most important thing you forgot. There's so much in this game that we probably forgot. Um, so many. Uh, how about this? Let's, uh, let's go. I'm sure there's something. Uh, you, do, you do buy the numbers every week right. and always have a ton, ton of good stuff. Anything good from the, uh, the numbers this week? That we uh, that we haven't discussed. There were some interesting. Uh, there were there were. It could have been a lot of sentences that you started with. It was the worst since <laughs> dot dot dot. Right. I mean, it's obviously it's the worst loss in Mike Gundy's tenure. Um, he's never lost by forty eight points. Um, 
I and uh, what, what was it? Thirty nine was his his previous worst yeah. loss. Thirty nine points. And, and his last last shutout was last time they got shut out was what Bedlam two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. One thing that really stuck out to me was the first two Kansas State drives were one hundred and thirty nine total yards for Kansas State, mm-hmm. two touchdowns. OSU had one hundred and twelve yards total in the first half. Oh my goodness! They had sixteen yards in the second quarter. Yeah, that, that's that, that ain't gonna get it done. Yeah, no, that tells you because because the second quarter. You know, the defense had given up the two early touchdowns, but then they forced two punts. Mm-hmm. And they gave the offense a chance to to try to get them back in the game. And that's when the offense really went flat. They had the mistakes that killed them early, but they had but they had momentum at times. They were driving at times. But the offense was was completely inept in the in the yeah. second quarter, and that's when it really got out of hand. All of a sudden it's thirty five nothing at the half and um, you know, you went from thinking, yeah, maybe, you know, they've they've come back from fourteen down before, uh, to thinking, um, well, wh- where do we go for dinner tonight in Manhattan? That's yeah. kind of the direction it went. Yeah. So I also there's another thing that popped in my head too that was important. I really think the fourth down conversion mm. inside field goal territory by Kansas State with like two something left in the half, right? In the first half was incredibly crucial because yeah. they could cook the field goal and it would have been. Would have been 20, 31 to nothing. 30, 31 at that point. Um, yeah. Or if they miss the field goal or don't get the fourth down conversion, there's a lot of risk there. Right. They convert it and they go score a touchdown, and go up 35 nothing. If they didn't score there at all and turn the ball over, OSU had a chance with two, two, little over two minutes left on the clock to try to get something to go, put their foot on the gas, go score before halftime, and then get the ball right back to start the second half. Right. And they, and they would have had momentum. They would have had a better idea of what to go do. They could have easily cut that lead in half. Right there. Instead, Chris Kleiman went for the kill and got it. And I think that yeah. was a huge turning point right there, too. Yeah, it it absolutely was. Uh, their um, their time management down the stretch there to get to the point where uh, you know they end up scoring on third down, but they could have had a fourth down play if if that pass had been incomplete yeah. to Deuce Vaughn in the end zone. Um, really good time management to have themselves in that position to kill all the clock right before half and and get into the end zone and and sit there with a thirty five nothing lead. At, at the break. So it sucked um, all the life out of OSU. I felt like you just felt like they were completely done at that point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we will, uh, we'll do our best to find out what's going on with all these injuries. It's very difficult these days because, uh, Mike Gunny is really clamped down on, on uh, what's being said about his players, whether it's him or, uh, or anybody else in the program. So don't expect much injury news other than uh, pure speculation coming out, uh, from, from anybody really at this point. Uh, but uh, we'll do our best as reporters to uh, to, to get the, d- the details that we can. Uh, of course, we'll be back at our, our regular spot on Tuesday, south, uh, 917 South Husband, uh, in Stillwater at Stone Cloud, having some, uh, having some beer, and uh, Cowboy fans can, uh, can come hang out and I say, and drink some beer. fans might want some beer after today might, with us. Might be, in, might be in the mood for a beer or two. Yeah, that might not be a bad idea to come join us on Tuesday night. Yep, absolutely. All right, good deal. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and shut it down. Thank you to everyone for uh, for checking in with us here on the Cowboy Chronicles, and we will talk to you next time. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan, 
from the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.